back to the Water and Stone podcast. This is episode number 48, and I'm Jenny Randolph. I'm Dieter Randolph, and this is the sound of my voice. I don't know if you can tell because I, I'm, you know, it, it's just the sound of my voice. I'm, I think that I sound crisp and a little bit friskier than normal, and it's because here in Florida, it's funny to know where I was going with that. Here in Florida, it's finally <laughs> winter. Jack Frost is cousin has arrived. It's not really Jack Frost. He doesn't. No, no, no. He doesn't come down. There's no to frost. Florida. No. <laughs> um, Although there was in North Florida, they had snow. Yeah, but they here did. in Saint Petersburg, the finest city in the face of the earth, it's like John Frostish. I, I don't know, but it's really nice outside. It's like in the house right now. It's like 66 degrees, which is delightful. It's uh, everything is wonderful and it's you wait for this time of year oh, you and if i it. if i tried to turn on the heat i think you would slap my hand away from the thermostat <laughs> well i mean you know i know i've lived in florida for a very long time and i like to think though that i am a midwesterner at heart still who knows what it would be like if i actually had to shovel snow or de-ice a car windshield right i'll let you have that fantasy it's just though. look it's my little walter Mitty moment where i pretend like we live in fargo or something or back in Ooh. iowa when i was a kid but anyway, it is just glorious outside, and it is such a wonderful thing to to be out doing whatever you do. I'm looking for excuses to be outside and just it's have a moment of winter. It's pretty rare that we um, get in the 50s here. I think the high is supposed to be like 57 today or something like crazy like that. But um, I I like it just because I get to break out all of my sweaters for the, you, you know sweaters. and yeah. and the thing is is i have to wear as many of them as possible today <laughs> because you only have a couple of so days like five changes of clothing i know i have some really well i probably <laughs> look like just, randy from a christmas story <laughs> just you can't pick me up no i uh i'll just i'll do outfit changes like you know it's I'm, like share I'm, yeah exactly like i'm at a concert or something like that well i just loved that we got this cold weather just in time to do our annual driving around looking at Christmas lights. It's kind of a big deal, and especially as the kids who are not kids anymore get older, we have had a tradition from the very beginnings of our little family to where in the Christmas time frame, we all get in the vehicle and drive around looking at Christmas lights. I'm sure a lot of families Oh, I was going to say, yeah. we're not unique in that. Yeah, it's not like we invent. Mm -hmm. I know what we'll do. But the point is, it's a special thing, and over the years we've got a lot of great memories of doing that. But it's it's a weird thing in Florida because when it's hot outside, it just doesn't feel right to do that. And so we had to wait until the right moment for the 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 weather to be appropriate to drive around with the windows down, maybe, and listen to the Christmas music and all that. But yeah, we had the top off the Jeep and the windows down mm -hmm. and blankets in the back and hot cocoa. Yep, and, and you made vegetarian uh, rice krispie treats to yep, take with us. I did, I did, and you know, so we just we piled in the jeep and went to look at christmas lights and it was really fun it was really great and and there's some really beautiful places here in st petersburg florida the finest city on the face of the earth and uh it was just really cool to get to go do that just the four of us it's a very special thing and if you're in the area you really should go and check out um it, you should really go check out the lights of lake park estates and that's over in seminole florida just like one of the next towns over from where we are. It is three miles of Christmas lights. It was really cool. and All these neighbors band together and they do amazing displays. It's like something that you'd see on television. It's just great. And people come from miles around. 
It's really neat, and the good thing is, about halfway through, there's a there's a Santa, the big guy's right there, and there's people taking donations, and all the proceeds go to hospice. Yes, they do, and they raise a, a ton of money last year. It was really, really cool, and it's a way to see the Christmas lights, do some good, support these people that are kind of coming together to really represent what Christmas is supposed to be about. Yeah, and so last night we got in the Jeep and we went to Kawa Coffee, which we always do, and got some amazing hot chocolate, and I got a marshmallow mocha, and we, uh, we there's some places here in St. Petersburg, especially downtown, there's amazing light displays, but drive around there and then over to the, the Seminole display and all of that, just so much fun. Take a minute, if you're listening to this, take a minute and go look at some Christmas lights. It's one of those kind of things that people say, oh, you know, we ought to do it, and then time gets away from them, and, well, we had to go shopping that night, or there was something we had to do. Take an evening. Give it to yourself, because it helps you get into the Christmas spirit, puts everything in the right perspective. Trust me, you'll be glad you did. So speaking of Christmas, how are you doing on the making of your presents? Last episode, we t- we told everybody what we do in our tradition of making each other presents, and sure. we've been doing it for years and years. Um how are you doing? You get everything done? No, 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 not remotely. But for me, it's a matter of, part of it is is a quasi-noble thing, I think, of I'll go last and I'll work around everybody else's schedule because I know where all the tools are in the tool area and all that sort of puttering around stuff. And so I feel like I can usually work pretty fast and all of that. So I usually wait till the end. Part of it is that and part of it is that procrastination because... But it's it's even a noble procrastination, if I if you will, because I keep having these even better ideas. You know, if I did this, then it'd be even better. And then there's a process of scaling back into something I can actually build in the time frame, right? But uh, the other day, you and I went out. We decided to work together on the thing we're making for miles because it's it's super big and yeah. huge and requires a lot of work. And I'm I'm really looking forward to that. But I got some time when we were walking around the home improvement store to. Uh, solidify some of the ideas I have for the thing I'm making for you. Super excited about it. But it's one of those where I know what I need to do. I know the parts I need to get and all that. So I think I'm going to be able to, it's going to take some some time, you know, in the workshop, but I know what it needs to be. And I think it's going to go together pretty well. What do you think is the your favorite thing that I ever made you? Oh gosh, you're putting me on the spot. Uh, 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 uh. I know what my favorite thing I ever made you is. I made you a chair. I made you. Oh, a, that's right. Yeah, I was trying to go through the list Kentucky of all the Kentucky stick chair. It that that is very cool. Pretty but cool, you only right? made me one. I want more. I want like three more. I want like four of them. All right. So uh, get on that. All right. Well. No, that was a very cool present. It was it was really neat. I I was thinking about you made me a triangle to um like a come and get it come situation. And, yeah, come yeah. come and get it dinner mm-hmm. dinner triangle kind well, of. That was deal. back when we before we had any kind of tools we didn't have a garage back then in our old house or or any area or any way to have tools and so i had to bend that big piece of metal with with, with my hands yeah felt on like, the back in the back like patio on the back porch yeah. yeah that was oh lord <laughs> if i knew how dangerous that was you know there was I a probably... lot of don't come down here <laughs> <laughs> but um what's the favorite present from me oh man there have been some really, really amazing ones, but I think my favorite present was, is the one you made last year, which is taking a whole bunch of old pictures from 
our past and also from the past of the Unity movement, like pictures of Charles and Myrtle Fillmore at the beginning of what they were doing and putting them in these amazing frames and just putting it all together for me. I thought that was really, really cool. But good stuff, and, and I, I just absolutely adore the fact that we'll remember those things so much longer than whatever stuff we bought. And we've talked about that before, but, but it is a really special time. Now, that said, there's a lot of stuff coming in the mail that I'm waiting for and excited about, and I'm addicted to the Amazon you know, purchase tracking. And I you think can... you have a problem. I, if I if I may be so bold of of the Amazon, you you and Amazon maybe need to go on a little bit of a break. Oh, the first time I <laughs> discovered the magic of Amazon Prime same day delivery, you order it and it comes later that day. I was mad with power. I felt like it was almost Star Trek level like transporters. You have a problem. As we dig in, that talking about waiting for stuff puts me in the mind of this is part of the the Christmas experience for me is the waiting. And it's not just that I don't know how everybody does it in their families, but but in in my family, their presence under the tree before Christmas from family members. And then Santa comes, you know, Christmas Eve night and brings the other stuff. So as a kid, it was just incredible misery <laughs> waiting for uh, waiting. Well, what is that? There was one year this, I don't feel proud of this, but there was one year that I actually took a tape measure and I measured the boxes. And then the next time my family was at the mall, I went to the toy store and figured out what boxes were those measurements so I could figure out what I was. Yeah, That's I know. rotten. Yeah, That's but I couldn't rotten. handle the waiting and, and nowadays that we have you same day delivery and you can track your pizza. You know, you know when they made it and when it's coming, you get text messages and all of that. It reminds me of when I was a little kid and like my folks would order something from the Spiegel catalog. Remember Spiegel? And it would be like, Ooh. Oh yeah, ten to fifteen days it might get here. I think our family's was, was like J.C. Penny. Mm-hmm. That was it. Wasn't so much. We were a Spiegel family. No, we were J.C. Penny. <laughs> yeah, and where I grew up was actually we were we were one town over from the first J.C. Penny wow. store, mm-hmm. and so that was you when you went into that store, you saw his portrait up above, and wow. you know, and everything else, and it was it Mr. was bizarre. Penny. It Mr. Penny, um, but. Yeah, so I, I hear that. We would have to order something. have And even if you um, had to go to the store to pick it up, it was a custom thing or they didn't have it in stock and you would have to. It's like, old oh, brother, where art thou? You know, it's two weeks from everywhere. Yeah, geographical oddity. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I remember as a kid watching Mr. Rogers. I was a huge Mr. Rogers fan. And if you're too young to remember Mr. Rogers, spend a few minutes on YouTube. You'll be glad you did. Mr. Rogers is the best. I love Mr. He should Rogers. be everyone's hero. But I remember when I was a teenager and I was a youth leader and they used to fly me around to speak at events and stuff like that. And I was at this event and I had a little thing to say and do a little talk about the importance of youth and spiritual development and stuff like that. And I loved doing that. But the high point for me wasn't what I got to say. The high point for me was at that same event, they were supposed to give Mr. Rogers an award. Mm. for service to youth and stuff like that and for whatever reason mr rogers couldn't be there but he sent mr mcfeely 
Now, once again, if you don't know who that is, YouTube is your friend. Mr. McFeely was the guy in Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood who was the delivery person. Mm -hmm. He was the postman. And speedy delivery. And as a kid, I had it in my head that Mr. McFeely, maybe he wasn't always the one that came to my house when my folks would order something from a catalog, but he was involved somehow. Somehow. In the process. He touched the package. Yeah, this... And so I got to meet Mr. McFeely when I was probably 17. And I was a typical 17-year-old. I had weird hair and I had an earring and I was dressed oddly, you know, mm-hmm. like you do, mm-hmm. as one does. And they introduced me. You know, Dieter, I want you to meet, uh, he plays Mr. McFeely on the, on the Mr. Rogers show. And I was starstruck. I didn't know what to say. But Mr. McFeely thought, oh, these kids today, they don't know who I am. And he said... Mr. Rogers is a show with for children. And I said, I know who you are. And I gave him this, I just grabbed him in this big bear hug. And it was completely inappropriate. But I have a feeling that being in the Mr. Rogers universe, you get a lot of those kind of hugs because of how meaningful it was. But it, thinking about waiting now made me think of the concept of speedy delivery then. And how I felt as a, as a little kid, hoping that Mr. McFeely would just hurry up. And I remember thinking, you know, when you're a kid, everything is waiting. You're waiting to get a little bit taller so you can reach the top of the counter so they can mark your height on the doorway with a pencil. And this is how big I am. Waiting to be not seven, but seven and a half. And not seven and a half, but eight years old. Waiting for everything. And there are more than a few times, because I was largely (laughs) raised by the television, that I would just hope Mr. McFeely could make any of those things go a little bit faster. And it makes me think of the same thing that maybe everybody feels. I think very few people idolize Mr. McFeely in the way that I did. But think about how much of your life you spend waiting for something. Well, I was going to say, it doesn't really stop. You're talking a lot, you're talking a lot about being a little kid and waiting. But I'm sitting here thinking, I'm, I'm waiting until you know, such and such a time until I can do this or until there's enough money in the bank and then we can go ahead and do this or there's enough time during the day and then I'll do this. And I'm waiting for our, when our Sunday services go to weekly and that's a step towards, right. That's what I want to do with my life. I want to be a preacher. And so getting to do that full time. Those, those times when you wait, I think that we feel as adults that the things that we're waiting for are much more significant now than when we were, little kids but i don't think that's true waiting for your christmas bonus is every bit as real for you as waiting to see if santa brought you that new bike was back then and there is the same level of mysticism and wonderment and idolatry if you want and and craziness and don't you think and don't you think the way that we look at children going i'm going to be seven and a half next month or you know santa's coming i'm going to be a junior partner right what's the difference well no but what i was gonna say and where i was going with that is the way that we look at children that are doing that that are counting how many sleeps until something happens Mm -hmm. how many sleeps until my birthday how we look at them and and are like isn't that so sweet and isn't that cute and just having the feeling of i know it'll come sweetheart it'll be okay don't you think that that's the way that god looks at us Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. it's gonna be okay it'll you'll you'll get get there yeah it's gonna be all be all right and and you can wait and so i like to think that that's that's kind of the feeling of the universe is listen 
you're going to get there. You're going to be seven and a half. Mm-hmm. That that time is going to come through right when you need it to come through. And, it happens. and you can count how many sleeps and put yourself through the ringer, you know, <laughs> doing whatever you need to do. But honey, it's going to be okay. Why don't you just there. go play and before you know it, right. it'll be time for cake. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it's... And don't you think that that's such a, it's such a beautiful mental image for me? Like I said, pretend you're looking at a small child. And if you don't have small children in your world, go find one because they're adorable. But um, <laughs> I've heard good things. <laughs> right? No. But I do. I think that that's such a beautiful thing because that is what the universe is teaching us is it's going to happen in the time that it's going to happen. And I, I really do think that that's where the phrase sort of divine timing comes in. It's not. It's not about... Well, all the other stuff that we've talked about. That opens the door for a whole bunch of little conversations because, gosh, there's so much here. I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this today because it's not just waiting for the Christmas present and all that, although this is a good time of year to be thinking about that. It's the waiting for your miracle, period. So much of, of why people listen to the podcast or why people go to church or why people read the books, go to the workshops and so on and so forth, so much of that is... I'm working on my demonstration. I want to manifest the perfect relationship, the new car, a job that doesn't make me feel like a loser. I'm There's something they're waiting for Mr. McFeely to bring in one way or another. And so there's this piece of it where we go, just trust, divine timing. You don't know best. God knows best. Let God be God in the situation. And all of that is true and valid and important but on the other hand when you look at bible stuff you're talking for the most part about instant demonstration it wasn't the case that well you know what at some point the red sea will part <laughs> no the the army is marching we got to do this right now you know when 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 it's right you know divine order lazarus will come out when he's supposed to no mm-hmm. no no Lazarus come out Easter morning, you know, over and over again, it has to be, uh, it's, it's right away. And so there's this dynamic that happens uh, that people come and ask about all the time. And it's a great thing to think about. And it has to do with, well, at what point am I supposed to let go? And at what point am I supposed to say now, how does that work? How does that balance work? What is the, the, the spiritual version of speedy delivery? And what is the timing? It is 100% appropriate to be homesick for spiritual matters. It is 100% appropriate to be homesick for a conscious realization of God at work in your life. But how do you do that? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I mean, I love that when she waits for me to think, is this rhetorical? Is he still going to talk at me? But... (laughs) Well, and, and I have and, and I have things to say, right? And I but, know that you do, and, and it's so wonderful because I just I, I'm listening to you talk, and the truth is, is that I think again, it's about working what is yours to work, mm. doing the job that you are supposed to do, having that moment of saying, and we talked about this last week a little bit about you know where are my signs? Am I going in the right direction? Do what is yours to do. Do the work. End up where you're supposed to end up. Follow your heart. And 
it will be there. The time is going to, is going to be there. And I know that the, some miracles feel very big. Mm-hmm. They're huge. They're getting around so, what get, a doctor said is going to be the case. Oh about my gosh. You or, yeah. And yeah, and some big we, deal. Yeah. And you know, personally, you and I, we have had some things like that, but mm-hmm. we have not had a really big, scary diagnosis, knock on wood. Um, in the way that in some the way people that listening some people, to this have. Right. Sure. In the way that some people do or had the experiences that other people have had. So I don't want to sit here and pretend like I know what I'm talking about and in, in, that, in that area. Yeah, but, but, I, but I have felt in my own life, I have felt um, left out. I have felt less than. I have felt, I don't know how this is going to work. And I have oh my no gosh, clue. please somebody fix this. A lot of fear I've had surrounding those... a, a, um, a couple of things um, that I've gone through. Um, I've been in the hospital in the middle of the night going, okay, God, I got nothing. Right, exactly. You know, exactly. Everybody's got and stuff. Everybody has stuff. And I. it's not a competition. Sure. And, and I, I want to be very clear when we're talking about that, that if you have, a, if you're going through something really super scary in the outer, that it's not... It's it's not that you have to go through something scary to understand it, but I'm just saying I want to be very clear with where I have been and where I am Got coming it. from. I reserve those judgments for people that have gone through that, and, mm-hmm. and I'm open and receptive to learning from them as well. Sure. But from where I'm coming from, I think the... And my and my response... Let me go back. Not, not so much where I'm coming from, but I think my response to those events in my life has been get down to business, do the work that's yours. Mm-hmm. I think there is no cure that is that is more effective than work. And sometimes, yes, that can mean physical work. Go clean something. Go rake something. And it doesn't even have to be related to what it is that you're no, chewing it, on. No, no, no. Just and, go and move the, your body. Right. Because and some do, of this is... Go do something. Go, go give something to somebody else. I think that is 100% useful because for one thing, remember that God has already got this taken care of. So a big hunk of spirituality, and I've said this a million times, a big hunk of spirituality is getting out of God's way. So sometimes doing something that has nothing to do with it is the way to make it go. Yeah, it's almost like a reboot and it's almost like I cannot think about this anymore. Otherwise, I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to go and, well, my answer is always go to the kitchen and make something. When um, we're all grateful for that. But the truth <laughs> but, but, is. Re- but really, it's like, it, that is, that is my, that is my place of calm. It is my place of, of miracles because if you can make bread happen in the oven, that's a miracle. Well, you know, and there's so much there, especially go, I know this sounds like a shameless plug, but so be it. Go watch Jenny's video on the This Day show about making bread and there's beautiful there's about it's about trust and faith and planting the seed and all of that it's really cool what you say there but let me break this down i mean once again god is 100 percent here never for a moment separate from his creation that's how this is god is already here and god is already perfect whole healing healthy light love the whole thing god is already god in this situation and so this is not really, even though it feels like it sometimes, and I've felt this way too, 
even though it feels like waiting for God to show up, that's not what it is. God is here. What this is is really waiting for yourself to show up. Show up to the idea that God is here. Show up to the place where you can get out of the way. Show up to this realization. It's not an arrival. It's a consciousness, being conscious of something that has always been true. It's the moment in the love story where you realize you love the person the whole time. It's That's what we're looking for. It's not an arrival. It's not a delivery. And so, really, if you break it down, the thing that's getting in the way is not God. The thing that's getting in the way of my demonstration is me. Specifically, it's the consciousness, the idea that God isn't here. The reason that it feels like God isn't here, and by that I mean my miracle isn't here, my health isn't here, my prosperity, my demonstration, my whatever. Let's just say God, because that's what really what we're talking about. It might feel like God isn't here because I have chosen to see life that way. And that choice is an act of faith that demonstrates in my life and doesn't change God, but changes my experience of God. This is, we've talked about all of these things before. But at the end of the day, what's causing my waiting is my waiting. Mm-hmm. Well, I do this thing, and and you're welcome. Anybody's welcome to do it. <laughs> you're I, welcome, everybody. Well, no, well, yeah, well, yes and no, but no, I I practice wait. You know, I mean, the waiting, um, whether it's waiting on your miracles, but the the way that I practice it out in the physical is any time that I have the opportunity to wait for something. You know how they always say, you know, a watch pot never boils. Sure. And if you watch it, it seems like an eternity. And you're you're sitting around and you're waiting for somebody to get there and they're late. Or I spend a lot of the... times during my day job on the phone watching the clock till when I know the meeting will be over. Right. And or you're standing in line, you're waiting to the cashier and stuff like that. I, in those moments, I literally practice that conscious presence of being there in the moment whenever I feel that twinge of impatience or you know get out of my way kind of kind of a deal or I got you don't even realize I have places to go I need to get this done (laughs) I need to get boil faster because I need to get dinner done because I have a million things to do after that that impatience um whenever I feel that rising what I do is I pull it back and I'm like no you're exactly where you're supposed to be right now even to the point where when I have been in lines at stores, the cashier has, oh, I'm so sorry, you know, this took it, or the person in front of me, I'm so sorry, I, I, you know, this is going wrong, they didn't have a price on this. And I always say, I said, you know what, I'm exactly where I need to be. And you take the time that you need to take, and you can almost see their relief of, you know, okay, cool. I, I, cause I'm just trying to get this done and I don't need the pressure of somebody else being angry at me because I'm here just trying to do what I'm supposed to do. And I mean, usually that works. I mean, sometimes (laughs) honestly, there is a real jerk around you and, and then it's like, Hey, come on, you know, this Mm. is, this is not okay. You don't need to be a jerk, but by and large, that happens very few and far between. It happens every, every, couple of months maybe Mm -hmm. that you really have like a a jerky episode (laughs) but more than that if we're in if we're in traffic if I'm waiting for somebody to cross the street literally we were in the car and we were behind a bus the bus stopped and getting on the bus was an older gentleman 
with a walker. And he was towards the back and he was of the bus back, outside and he had to make that and he journey had to make the way to the all the way up and I thought of the bus and we were trying to get somewhere. It was like a cartoon. It was it, yeah, was, it was it was just and I but think I, I was response... with you and, and I was sort of like, "Oh boy, here we go." And I was laughing about it. I wasn't mad, but it was like, "I this is not what I want right now." And you were like, "Oh, look, it's just breathe for a minute." Yeah. And I, exactly. I think that the part that gets frustrated and impatient is all ego stuff. Oh, sure it's it is. The, my stuff's more important. Yeah. You know, and that morning... I want to do it my way. I want things to happen according to my schedule. There's a big lesson here because when you take a moment to just praise, that's really what we're talking about. Just be in the moment. What you're really doing is getting your stuff out of the way and actually being receptive to the moment. So what I would say is, first of all, take the breathe moment, but also... Try and get away from anesthetic. And by that I mean there are certainly, because you have a smartphone in your pocket, if you're the kind of person that listens to a podcast, odds are you got a smartphone. You have a smartphone that makes it possible for you to anesthetize yourself against waiting. You can be in the line at Chipotle and be playing Candy Crush. Stop it. Because it matters. You can be waiting for a commercial to go by on your favorite show and decide in that moment, I'm going to get on Facebook. Stop it. Be bored for a second. Because the universe, what happens is you get good at the life telling you things. And I want to go back to the the bus incident because, and and what you said about ego. And I just want to add this before, before we move on to the next thought, is that in that moment, that man was trying to get somewhere that was important to him. And who's to say that our destination was more important than his destination? Of course. And and it really is ego. So take yourself out. You're not that special and you're not that important. And You're not the only person in the world. And you're not the only you're person on this planet. You're important in other ways. In this moment, you don't get to impose your will on somebody else. And so much of getting to resolution has to do with letting go of your agenda. I listened to a, a podcast a while back, and the guy being interviewed was a prison guard. Mm. And, you know, just like you've seen in the movies, there are sometimes really significant fights, and it's hard to break the people up, and and it's all of the things that you've imagined, and maybe some sometimes worse than what we've seen on television, that sort of thing. And the guy interviewing him said, well, what do you do when the people just won't let go, when they won't quit fighting, when they're in the middle, and you can't if you've got a taser or a thing, you can't get in there to do that. What do you do when they're too close? And he said, oh, it's easy. That's easy. All we got to do is say something weird. Well, what do you mean? So people will be fighting and you say, is the TV on? And they, what? It has nothing to do with what's going on. And there's that pause where you can get the people apart or do the things that you want to do. And what I'm trying to say is what that really does on a, on a consciousness level is their consciousness is fight, 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 fight. And you can't fight that. But instead, if you can get them to get their agenda out of the way for a moment and get into a receptive mode. Oh, I need to look and see if the TV is on, for example. What happens is it makes room for other ideas. It makes room for the fight to stop. And in a not different way, take a minute to look around. Instead of imposing your stuff, well, I can't fix how long this line is, so I'm going to go fix how many gems are in a row in this silly game on my phone or whatever it is. Take a minute and get into a receptive mode instead of an agenda mode, and something amazing will happen. Because here's the thing. Everybody has had this moment where you've been up in the middle of the night, 
and you've got something you got to do the next day. And you have a choice. You can decide, okay, oh man, it's getting late. If I go to sleep right now, I'm only going to get seven hours and I really need to get those seven hours. I got to get to sleep. I got to do that. And you can keep working on that. And the more you get worked up about how much sleep you're not getting, the harder it's going to be to get to sleep. And everybody's experienced that. And you know because you you know it because you've read about it, you've seen something on TV about it, or you just kind of just kind of makes sense. You know that the thing to do is to let go of that and just sit there. Just breathe for a minute. Stop trying to go to sleep. That's like a little kid trying to go to sleep on Christmas Eve. And it doesn't work. Cannot be done. Yeah, it doesn't work. Just close your eyes. Listen to music. Whatever. You know, there's that's what you do. You let go of what your agenda is and you get out of the way and let it happen. Well, guess what? Life is like that. You deserve instantaneous healing, abundant miracles, Mr. McFeely level speedy delivery of all of the good there is in the world because God, all the good there is in the world, is right here. The time it takes is the time it takes you to get out of the way, but you can't make yourself get out of the way. You have to learn how to let it. As Dr. Katie says in Lessons in Truth, learn how to let it. So find a way to get out of the way by breathing, by allowing, by receiving the beauty of this moment. And as that happens, and you get better and better at it, and the miracles get more and more instantaneous, you get better and better about it by just breathing. Right. And better at recognizing what you really want. Because do you really want the thing that you wanted? Eh, maybe, maybe not. Because I've, I've been there where mm-hmm. I've gotten something and I'm like, wow, I did all of this and, and I didn't really want it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't really want this in the first place. I didn't know that I didn't want it. But I, I think that you're absolutely right. And it's just about being aware, being on purpose, and practice. So it's time for our listen up section of the podcast. You got a question for me? Yeah, and listen up is when people from all over the place write us in. They send questions and we try to answer them. If you've got a question for us, please contact us through our website. You can email info at waterandstonechurch.com. We're easy to find on all the social media uh, networks in the world, and we're happy to hear from you. This time around, the question comes from Jonathan W. Thank you, Jonathan. Yeah, and Jonathan says or asks, do you believe in love at first sight? Yes. Next question. No, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I am I'm but I'm gonna qualify it. Okay. Because it does not happen the way you think it happens. Well, it doesn't happen against your will like it does in the movies. Right. It doesn't and I don't think that it happens or let me let me put it back this way. I don't think that it often happens where there's fireworks and this and that. And I believe that when I laid eyes on you it was absolutely love at first sight, but it was not a romantic love. It was not that. It was more like a coworker. No, 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 no. It, no, not like not like that, and 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 not like a lusting love. Not like oh, I got got to get me some of that. It wasn't. It wasn't like that. And I think people confuse because that's what happens with most people when they see me. I mean, it's true. It's true. I have to beat them off with with a large stick. But no, seriously, it was more like recognizing it's like oh there you are yeah how and cool there's my friend I had there's a, my there's, there's it's like meeting there somebody at the airport yeah i i feel that way too i mean 
look, I, we met when we were teenagers, and the thing is, it would still be true today. All of the physical attraction stuff was 100 million percent there, all of that. And I don't want to gross anybody out listening to the podcast, especially because our children listen to the podcast. But of course, I had all those things. I thought you were gorgeous. All of those things. But the overwhelming feeling when you walked in the door that day was, oh, there she is. Got it. It was, it was, it was there's my friend. All of that and, other stuff was secondary. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was an awareness on a different kind of level. It wasn't just the physical stuff, like you said. It wasn't just how you looked. It was really something much deeper on, and and I think I think absolutely a soul level. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I believe in love at first sight because I believe in love. But I think that it's really fair to say that it takes a tremendous amount of work to get to that first sight. Mm-hmm. It's like it, it's like the what the saying is something like it takes years of hard work to be an overnight success. Maybe it's the same thing because the truth is you and I had both dated enough people to know what we didn't want, to know how to be really bad at relationships and how to be a better partner. And we certainly, it's not like we were done. We did a lot of growing together and we continue to. But we got ourselves to the place where we could at least do the kind of growing that you do with another person. I think that uh, we had experienced a lot both through the relationships we'd been in and through a lot of things like watching what our parents did and other people and stuff like that and being aware of a lot of homework. And, and I've told this story a million times before. I'll try to tell a short version right now. For reasons that are never clear, I wanted to be married and in a relationship and all that from when I was little. You know how uh, boys and girls go through the time where boys are icky and girls are icky and stuff like that, the opposite sex or whatever. I never went through that. I had this idea from a very early age that that I was supposed to just be with somebody and that was going to be the answer to everything. And uh, when other kids said I want to be an astronaut or fireman, I said I wanted to be married. You know, that level and all kinds of stuff. Um. I got stories upon stories, but the point is because I was weird and I started college when I was 13 and my social life was really compressed into the kind of people you meet at church, you know, that kind of thing. Every Sunday was a day for me to really get dolled up and uh, really, you know, (laughs) this is going to be the day she could walk in. And I put so much pressure on the girl I date is going to be my princess buttercup you know and i wrote poems for girls and i'm sure it was creepy and i said (laughs) i love you way too fast and we'd be you know we'd be like 13 years old and i'd be talking about what we want to name our kids and just you know it's not time for that right and i think as a result i i missed some of the sweet parts of of being having a an immature relationship Mm. and because i wanted to be a grown-up so bad but I also got my heart stepped on an awful lot. And I deserved it because it was, like I said, it was creepy. It was weird. It was premature. But something happened. I, had, um, I hadn't been in a relationship for a while. And I had I'd gotten to the place where I was going to go to youth group. And every Sunday, like I said, I'd pile my hair up just right and lots of gel. <laughs> and, you know, whatever, you know, and dress in a way that now I think was probably pretty weird, but I, I was really working on something. I had a plan 
um, everything. Cleaned out my car all the time, you mm. know, all that kind of stuff. And I was, I would do that every morning, every Sunday morning, and I just got tired. And and this one Sunday, and I'd been alone for a little while, wonderfully, now. And I I I went into the bathroom to get ready that morning, and I thought, you know what, just get ready, wash your face and stuff, but. Just go, you've got friends in the Youth of Unity group. Go, just go be with your friends. Just calm the heck down. And that was the day I met you. And I knew. And so I think that that's the short version of an even longer story. But I think that the point in there is love at first sight happens after a whole lot of practice. It happens after a whole lot of getting your ego out of the way. Sometimes it happens after a whole lot of getting your heart stepped on because you were coming from an ego place or a control place or you had preconceptions. I think love at first sight happens after you really take out a lot of garbage. I think love at first sight is earned. And here's the thing. Let's say that moment happens for you. You keep earning it. You know, there's a lot of things that I'm sure I could have done better as a husband, as a partner, as a friend. Sure, I'm growing. But one thing you can say about me is I have never stopped trying. And I never will stop. I always want to impress you. I always want to try. Because I think that's what it's all about. So once again, do I believe in love at first sight? Yes. But I believe that love is the beginning of a conversation. It's not the end of anything. I agree. And it's 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 a sweet story. And and I love the the way that we the way that we met. But I was the opposite of that. I was super serious and super picky and I was like I did not have time for all of the silliness I watched the other girls going through the immature relationships and I'm like ah nah (laughs) you know so I I really didn't date very much and it was very few and far between had a few relationships and and all the relationships that I had were long term none of them were were short just it was always like you know okay this is this is I'm I'm serious about this and and this is a deliberate choice it wasn't just for fun um but but I think that my definition of love from that very first real relationship obviously evolves it changes so love at first sight when you are not practiced or you're young or you're not even not even you know, calendar young. Sure. Just if you're young in the practice of this, your first real relationship, your definition of love cannot possibly be the final definition of love. Because like you said, it grows. Well, love is infinite. We are finite. You've got to keep that door open. Exactly. So leave room for yourself to grow because I would say, you know, when you're, when you're young, yeah, you feel infatuated and you feel like it's love at first sight. I do think that that has happened before. And then something happens and you're like, oh, this is a disaster. Well, you fell in love with your idea of I, what that exactly. person could be or what you could make or them into. Or what you could make them into. Which is, that's actually pretty egotistical. When your whole heart is saying, this is this doesn't fit, this doesn't fit, this doesn't fit. And yet you're just willing it into existence. You're willing this relation to, oh no, but look at all the good stuff that he has. And oh, and it, you know, and and sometimes I think your head is smarter and sometimes I think your heart is, heart is smarter <laughs> and then vice versa. I think sometimes you can have a really, really 
brilliant brain and then you have the most stupid heart, heart. <laughs> stupid heart on the planet you know and you just fall for anything and you're like i don't know how i got myself oh, well in this and so situation. many times i would get my heart broken because i realized what i was in love with was my idea of what that person could be even if them actually being that would have been monstrous and weird you oh, know. I look back and I thank the Lord Almighty that I did not end up with the people that that sure. I dated back way back when. And I'm sure that there are people who... And I'm sure they say the same thing about there me. There are people that run across the yearbook or find me on Facebook and go, this guy, whoo, dodged yeah, a bullet. Exactly, yeah. right? And you know what? That's all right. I'm at peace with that. You know, that's it's okay. So keep the faith. Yes, there can be love at first sight, but it takes a little bit of work too. And just like anything, keep on working it one way or the other. Okay, so this is the time when we uh, check it out. And that's when we tell you what's it all about. Um, That's when we tell you... (laughs) That was terrible. This is when you find out what we're up to. And uh, I'm sure this is the only church podcast that references the Beastie Boys on a pretty regular basis. Anyway, if you want more than just weird Beastie Boys and Mr. Rogers references, but we've been everywhere today. We have. It's um, been all over the place. If you want more than that, if you want to know what we're up to, where to find us, and all that kind of stuff, because we are up to so many things. There is always something going on around here. The best thing to do is check out our website, waterandstonechurch.com. There's a gather section at the top navigation. There's a calendar on the page. Also, if you scroll down to the bottom of any page of the website, there's links to all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, I think. Um, uh, yeah, Instagram, uh, YouTube, everything. There's ways to keep up with all of the things that we're doing. And all of the things that we're doing are made better by your presence in them. So get involved. There's cool stuff. So let's just hit some of the high points. Wednesday mornings around 7.20 a.m., we gather for a walk. It's about an hour's worth of time. And we walk up to get some coffee. We walk back. We're right along the water. It's not the least bit strenuous. Some people say, well, I don't want to, I'm not really an exercise person. You can walk four miles, especially when you got a good cup of joe in your hand. And good Trust company to, it's, to talk it's, with. It's it a really tiny goes, little walk. It really does go fast. It yeah. really does. And it's a just a beautiful way to break up the middle of the week mm-hmm. of really being aware. Watch the sun come up. There were dolphins last Wednesday. There were, we were there. dolphins yeah. and manatees. It was it was really beautiful. And it's gorgeous. St. Petersburg is the most beautiful city it's just so neat to be able to walk through downtown, walk by the water and all of those beautiful buildings and the museum and everything and get an amazing cup of coffee. And sometimes it we just don't talk about much of anything. And sometimes we really work through some stuff. It just depends on who's there and what they've got on their hearts. But it's always a good way to do that. So there's map and all that kind of stuff on the website, but it's Wednesday mornings around 720. But I will say, if you're going to go do that, Please drop us a line and let us know because the park's a big place and we don't want to miss you. Also, Wednesday evenings, that is when we put up on our YouTube channel um, another episode of the series that Dieter has been working on, Living Water, Standing Stone. 
and it has been brilliant. Um, there's only a few more weeks left of it. Yeah, I'm going to so be starting a new series after that. A new that. series after that, but you won't want to miss this. This is the basis of of everything that we believe at Water and Stone. Go back, listen to the episodes. It's been really, really wonderful. But that usually gets put out around 8 o'clock p.m. on Wednesday evenings. So as you're sitting after dinner, instead of maybe, you know, hitting the Netflix, go on to YouTube, subscribe to our channel, Watch about 20 minutes of, of Dieter giving a really wonderful lesson. You won't be sorry. And also, just in general, you want to subscribe to the Water and Stone YouTube channel because you have my videos about, you know, Living Water, Standing Stone. We've got videos of the Sunday services and sometimes we post other goodies. But the star of our YouTube channel is a show by Miss Jennifer Randolph called This Day. And this day is, if you haven't seen it, go watch one. They're, those videos are closer to like seven to nine minutes. Yeah, usually. yeah. They're usually it's, 10 minutes or, or less. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it is, if you don't know what it is, you would say it's a cooking show because Jenny cooks something and there's a recipe and you can follow the recipe and make something that will blow your mind because Jenny's the best cook ever. Ask anybody. But it's not just that. What I have said before is it's the equivalent of if you fell off your bike on the way home from school and you get home and your mom says, it's going to be okay, I made cookies, let's talk about it. It's that moment where you're in the kitchen and somebody wonderful tells you that, you know what, this isn't just a bread recipe, this is about trust, for example. And there's a little lesson that you're going to take with you. And it is just really, it's it's absolutely moving and inspiring and fun and there's this gorgeous woman making gorgeous food you can't go wrong well so, thank you you're my number one fan and i appreciate it but well but i get that, to eat all the things you cook it's too. true but that happens those videos drop uh noon on fridays so and if you subscribe to the channel hit the notification bell you will be aware of every time a new video is put up on the channel. And also, it helps us if you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Sometimes It helps people, us more than you know. Yeah, the, the notifications, they go out on Facebook, so you could just hit the Facebook thing. But please go to the YouTube thing for the Water and Stone channel and hit the subscribe button because it, it's just part of how we get promoted and how YouTube sees that this is something to pay attention to. It's really a, an important thing, and it doesn't take very long to do. Also, another time that we gather is Sundays, Sunday evenings, and that is when we have our sunset celebration. Yeah. And it happens about a half hour before sunset. We gather there. We watch the sun go down. Yep. We meet on St. Pete Beach. Again, as Dieter said, all of this is located on our website. That's the easiest place to go, guys. If you hit waterandstonechurch.com on your phone and then click the event, there's a map that you can get directions right there. Super easy. Super cool, but the only time I want to let everybody know that Christmas Eve falls on a Sunday, and so we are going to have a church service that morning, and I'll talk more about that in a minute, but we are not going to do the sunset gathering on December 24th because we want people to be home with your family or do whatever you're going to do, but but we're not going to do the sunset on the 24th. I want to let you know that jumping into January, um, on January the 7th, I'll be doing the Sunday service down at Unity of Naples, Florida. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you're anywhere near Naples, come see me. It's a really neat church. I haven't been there in a while, but I've spoken there uh, many times when I was younger. And it's just a it's a great community and a, and, a, and a wonderful place to be. So once again, that's January 7th. Check out the Unity of Naples website for more information about that. And I want to let you know 
Another special thing that's happening in January, mark your calendars, January 19th, we are going to be helping Habitat for Humanity. If you would like to join us, again, the event is going to be going up in the next little bit. Um, So if you go to Facebook and it's not there yet, it's okay, but mark your calendars because you will have the opportunity to go and help Habitat for Humanity. I'm so excited about it. I don't know what they're going to have us do, whether it's painting or building or sanding or or cleaning or whatever it doesn't matter i cannot wait i'm, I'm so I'm excited very very about excited this. about it i and i'm i'm loving the service opportunities that we have been doing lately so again this is basically like a save the date reminder we're going to have more details coming out um, in the next couple of episodes but right now save the date january 19th habitat for humanity and I want to let you know, as you know, our church is kind of in pre-launch mode right now. And what that means for pre-launch is that we've been doing services once a month. Now, as I record this, we've got two more monthly services. There's one in December and one in January. That's the fourth Sunday of every month at 11 o'clock. And there's a map and all that at Harbor Hall at the St. Pete USF campus and all that. Um but so we've only got two more monthly services until we go weekly, until our real official launch, which is going to be the first Sunday in February. But I want to let you know about the upcoming service, and that is December 24th, Christmas Eve, at 11 o'clock at Harbor Hall. I'm going to be talking about Wild Worth, and that's part of our, our wildlife series about getting out of the way and trusting God and all of that. But it's going to be how it applies to What's, where does worth come from in your life? And how does that apply to the miracle of Christmas? And speaking of the miracle of Christmas, we're going to do a very, very special Christmas candlelighting service. It's going to be like nothing you've seen before. We're really, really excited about that. So please make plans to be with us at 11 a.m. on Christmas Eve at Harbor Hall. It's going to change your life. Dieter, it's that time of year to wrap it up. It's just like anything else. The time it takes is the time it takes for you. The time it takes is the time it takes to practice. You know, sometimes when you're first getting started on something, whether it's making food or tying your shoes or painting something, anything, anything at all, when you first start out, it takes forever to get it just right. But over time, you can make it with your eyes closed. You can do it instantly. Everything is like everything else. Sometimes it feels like it takes a while for your miracle to show up, for the healing, for the demonstration. But the time it takes is the time it takes for you to really trust. So enjoy the process. Let yourself receive the good and the love that's all around you instead of trying to impose your will on what's going on. Take a minute and breathe it in. And you'll fall in love with what's going on. The Water and Stone podcast is recorded at Pinfeather Studios. And the head honcho of Pinfeather is the handsome and strong Raina Randolph. She is one half of the music you hear. The other half is the lovely and talented Miles Randolph. And as always, this podcast is solely supported by you. And by golly, you know what that means. It means that that we don't ask for advertising money. We don't ask for donations here on the on the podcast or any of those kind of things. Here's what we want. We want you to go share the podcast. Tell somebody about what we're doing. Take a minute to to click that button when you read our blog post, when you listen to the podcast. 
It also means that we're asking for a five-star review. Take a minute, wherever you're going to listen to this podcast, and write a five-star review, whether you're on iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher. Click that fifth star. It means all the world to us. That eight seconds it takes you could change the world for you. And finally, the last thing is show up. Come to one of our monthly services. Come be there for our official launch in February. Listen to the podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. And here's the thing that I really wanted you to know. If you text, I am ready, one word, I-A-M-R-E-A-D-Y. Text, I am ready to 84576. Text, I am ready to 84576. You'll be in the loop and you'll know what we're up to. And we want you to be a part of it.